It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the studios of 97.1 The Sports Animal in Tulsa, Oklahoma, welcome to another episode of the Locked On Thunder podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G., thanking you for making us a part of your day. Coming up on this episode of Locked on Thunder, we will hear from Steven Adams as he talks about making the transition from Russell Westbrook to Chris Paul, what the offense will look like, and we'll even talk a little bit about how we would like to see Steven Adams used defensively this season. We'll hear from Darius Baisley on his internship, and we'll finish things off with my one-on-one with Nerlens Noel from Media Day. My name is Eric G. I am the editor-in-chief of Thunder Maven. You can find us on the Sports Illustrated website or at basketballmaven.io slash thunder. And I'm also the co-host of the Pat Jones Show on 97.1 The Sports Animal in Tulsa. And check us out every weekday from 11 to 2. Steven Adams is a guy who goes from now being one of the third or fourth options when Russell Westbrook was bringing it down the court to now one of the first two options with Chris Paul running the offense. And think about that for a second. When Russ was bringing the ball down court, he was a guy that was usually looking to score first unless he was methodically going about trying to get one of his triple doubles. And don't you sit there and and shake your head on that. You know as good and well as I do that Russell Westbrook would have some very inorganic triple doubles. And there are times that he concentrated on getting his assist and then his rebound scoring, what, what have you. Well, that's not the way that Chris Paul decides to roll. Chris Paul is going to bring the ball up floor, uh, up the court. He's going to look to get this offense set. Danilo Gallinari is probably your first option, then followed by Shea Gilgis-Alexander. But before we go too far into saying that Shea Gilgis-Alexander is the second option, if Gallinari's not open, you've got a guy like Steven Adams with his length, with his body size, that if you get the ball into him, he can get you an easy two points. Now, it's not to say that Steven Adams won't be challenged by some of the bigger centers or some of the better centers in the league all year long, um, namely uh, guys like Yusef Nurkic and another guy like Nikola Jokic. However, Steven Adams is a guy that if he's going to be more effective on offense, he needs to touch the ball. And when you give the guy an opportunity to score and be a part of the offense, not just at the early part of the game like Steven Adams was for so often with Oklahoma City, but throughout the game, then down the stretch, he can be just as effective as well. Remember, his clutch stats are the second best for Oklahoma City. Okay, come on, let's face it. We don't want to see him get the last shot. All that being said, for Steven Adams, this is going to be his most enjoyable year. One, he'll be able to get rebounds. He won't have to block out for us. Two, he's going to get the opportunity to touch the ball, shoot it, and score. And three, when it comes to defense, and this is the big thing for me if I'm Steven Adams, 
I hope you do not put me out on the wing to guard the three, no matter what the numbers say. And Eric Horn wrote a very fine article today in the Oklahoman about the the Oklahoma City Thunder's defensive numbers. But if I'm Steven Adams, keep me close to the basket. Help me or allow me to work with Nerlens Noel and help me become a little bit more of a rim protector than what I've been in the past. And if you do all that, you're setting me up for a career year and a year where I just might make the all-star game because my numbers will be good enough with the guys that I have around me now versus the guys that I had around me earlier. I'm still not holding my breath that Steven Adams will make the all-star team, but certainly that opportunity is there. Steven Adams spoke at Media Day about the opportunity to play with CP3 and what he thinks the offense may look like this year with the new look Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, my impression over the years, uh, he's just like a little court general, you know. He seems like he's uh, he knows how to control pace really, really well, uh, which is a huge deal, especially when you're when you're playing with a very, very big deal. Um, yeah, just take that for now, mate. You know, obviously there's a long list of things you can be all day, but yeah. It's, it'll be good to see what, uh, yeah, just kind of what he does here, you know. Steven, Nerland, right? Oh. Nerland's mentioned. Oh, hello, by the way. Hi, good to see you. Um, Nerland's mentioned that your offense is going to be shifting, and obviously it has to with new personnel. Have you gotten a sense yet of how how different your offense is going to be, and in what ways you're going to tweak it? Um. Well, it's the NBA itself is shifting anyway. I mean, you get the whole. Um, Everyone's stretching threes and stuff like that. Obviously, that's the, I guess, face value sort of thing, yeah. Um, but how the game is evolving itself is that there's going to be less pick and rolls, right? There's more handoff situations, right? Yeah, but you know, you understand the difference, eh? Yeah. So there's more handoffs rather than pick and rolls um, in today's game, which just it's 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 just different and it's a lot more difficult. So a lot more teams are running that. Um, I mean, I can't give you Al. What we because I mean we haven't started training camp yet. I mean we practice some stuff, but it's kind of across the board. So in terms of our offense, it will be probably along, maybe along with that trend. You know, we talked a lot today on our show about the Thunder's offensive identity and how the Thunder have never in their history had this many guys that shoot this well from beyond the arc. You've got four or five guys on this team that go from over thirty percent from three. So as as a team, you're going to shoot over 30% from three, and I think there's going to be a big temptation for Billy Donovan and for Sam Presti to want to make this more of a three-point shooting team because they have wanted that for years and just never had the personnel to do it. The problem is with that temptation is take a look at what Steven Adams does in setting the pick. There's nobody that sits a pick better than Steven Adams does at, at any point, at any place in the NBA, all right? Second, now get this guy rolling to the basket. I would think you would easily utilize the pick and roll as much as you probably can. I understand temptation's going to be there, but don't go away from something that could easily be part of your bread and butter offense if you're Billy Donovan. Um, defensively, we talked about Steven Adams playing closer to the basket. I think we'd all like to see that, see him get away from the wing. Um, Steven Adams talked about him shooting three-pointers yesterday on our show, and 
I, I'm not. I'm saying just not hold. Don't hold your breath for that. Don't hold your breath for Stephen Adams shooting three pointers. I don't think they want him to do that. Um, I think it's interesting that Sam Presti talked very vague about Stephen Adams' high ceiling and how much more he has to grow as a player. And I'm not a hundred percent certain that the whole reason that that Sam Presti said that and was that vague about it is because of something that we talked about. Is that there is. There are reports out there that over the summer there were about three teams engaged in talks for Steven Adams as a possible as a possible acquisition, and I think that is still on the table from Sam Presti. And if he can make Adams a little bit more versatile, great, because that'll bring uh, more of a bounty for the Thunder. But if you can't d- let this guy do what he does best, and he will reward you. He'll reward you with points. He'll reward you with rebounds, and I agree with Paul George. I think you get Steven Adams in the right situation, the dude could be a 2020 guy at some point. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. Coming up next here on the Locked on Thunder podcast, we'll hear from Darius Baisley as he tells us all about his internship with New Balance. You're listening to LOT. Log on to manscaped.com. That is manscaped.com. It is number one in below the belt grooming. Use the promo code locked on and get a discount on your first purchase. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Thank you for listening to the Locked On Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Eric G. Darius Baisley made his debut as a member of the Oklahoma City Thunder on Media Day. Okay, if you want to get technical, and I can hear you getting technical about it, it was during Summer League where he really made his debut as a member of the Oklahoma City Thunder. But for a lot of us, our first opportunity to talk to Darius Baisley was this Monday at Media Day, and I think all of us were very curious as to how the internship with New Balance may have prepared him for getting ready for the NBA. And as you'll find out here, it was a very regimented schedule, and it included a hell of a lot of basketball. Um, so yeah, my my path um, it definitely was yeah it definitely was unique, um, you know. But I thought it was beneficial for me. Uh, being able to have that year off and just grow as a person, um, being able to mature and really learn what it was to be professional, especially working at New Balance. Um, you know, a 9 to 5 where I really had a schedule that started, you know, before 9 o'clock, um, 7 a.m. basketball workouts, 9 o'clock work, um, 12 o'clock lifting, um, you know, come back 2.30, work until 5, basketball again at 8, um, and then, you know, just learn how to, you know, just um, – you know, living on my own as well, um, having to go grocery shopping and, and cooking and, like, manage my time, um, you know, really, like, taking care of my body because with that kind of schedule, it could get hectic, and it did. Um, but, you know, I, I learned along the way, and I think that helped me, um, you know, but, but New Balance was really good for me. Um, you know, again, that, that 9 to 5 and, and being professional and working with, you know, a lot of people older than me, um, learning to communicate and just – 
you know, I, again, like that was the biggest thing, just being professional. Um, and I think that, that helped me, you know, be who I am right now. Yeah, what you just described with the internship was pretty eye-opening. And I wonder, when you agreed to do it, did you know what you were getting into? Or was it actually quite a bit more than you figured and maybe surprised yourself with how you responded to it? I did not know what I was getting myself into. Um, I kind of had an idea, but not really. Um, you know, when we talked about it, um, you know, New Balance and when Rich, uh, my agent, when he was explaining it, um, you know, he, he, he told him, like, you know, I don't want this to be a thing where, you know, he's treated differently because, you know, he is, you know, signed to you guys, your athlete. Like, I want it to be a thing where he really comes in every day. He has work. Um, you know, he's expected to get it done. Like, you know, treat him as if he was like an actual, you know, intern trying to, you know, get that job. Um, and so it was just that. So that was my little, you know, idea of it. But going into it, I didn't really know what to expect. Um, you know, and I was a little bit nervous on the first day just because I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Um, but it, I, it exceeded expectations. Um, and it definitely was a lot. You know, I didn't think that much went into it, um, especially for an intern. So I can only imagine how it is for, you know, HR or, somebody like the head of marketing or apparel, I can only imagine how it is for them. Um, do you regret not playing organized basketball last year? No. Um, I'm happy with my outcome. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm with the thunder. <laughs> it, listening to that, I'm going to go a direction, listening to that again, I think this is about the third or fourth time I've heard Darius Baisley's comment, but I'm going to go a direction I wasn't expecting to go here or hadn't planned to go, and that is this. When you're Darius Baisley and you're getting this on-the-job training, you are actually getting better training than the majority of kids get at a business school in college or a journalism school or just about anything that you have to do with structured classwork because you're getting first-hand business knowledge of how the real world works and I'm not sure that Darius Baisley inadvertently stumbled onto something that wouldn't be better for a lot of kids, not just kids who are athletes, but kids, period, who don't thrive in a classroom environment, but that would really thrive in real-world training. You give a kid that kind of real-world training, they can't help but succeed in the business world. So kudos to Rich Paul and kudos to Darius Baisley for sitting that up. As far as him regretting not playing basketball for a year, A, he got a million dollars for this internship, which is more than he would have made in college and more than he would have made overseas. So from a financial standpoint, no, you can't regret it. Where Darius basically will regret it, where the frustration will come in, is if he's not getting time on the court for the Oklahoma City Thunder. And he could have played last year, whether it was in college or overseas, and had the opportunity to go against guys that he's essentially going to be playing against now and could have helped improve his game, that's when he will regret not playing basketball for a year. But from an invaluable life experience, then no, he got something that most college kids would kill for, not just a year-long internship, not having to spend any time in the classroom, but getting on-the-job training that is so valuable. I, I almost wish that I could have done that with broadcasting 
and learn from a guy like David Locke who runs this, who could have helped me a little bit further along in my um, sportscasting career than where I'm at now because, you know, every day when he coaches, there's something new that I hadn't thought of. And you don't learn that in the classroom. You usually don't learn that in an internship because usually you're the guy going to get coffee or um, some other nefarious products depending on what exactly uh, what, what radio station you're working in. But that those are the kind of things that, that really kids can benefit from. When I see Darius Baisley and I think about what he's been through, the one thing that he will definitely be after going through that is professional. You're probably not going to have to worry about him being late to meetings. You're probably not going to have to worry about him uh, being late to practice. He'll be on time. He will work hard for you. But ultimately, will he succeed? That is the big question going into this season. And I don't think we will know that for quite some time. Um, I'm hoping we get to see him sooner rather than later because just looking at him, he looks like a dude that can hoop. And he's positionless the way that the Thunder want. I mean, there are three or four places you could stick him on the court between the small forward, the shooting guard, um, lengthwise. He could probably fit in as a power forward. And, and I think this guy could be he could be dynamite. And I want to see him sooner rather than later. But again, all this falls on the hands of Billy Donovan and Sam Presti. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. We'll finish things up next, and you'll hear from Nerlens Noel, and he'll tell you what it's like playing with Steven Adams, what it's been like playing with Steven Adams these last couple of seasons. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Coming up tomorrow on Locked On Thunder, and I'll promo this at the end of the show as well. Um, you'll hear from Terrence Ferguson. You'll hear my one-on-one with him. We'll do the entire one-on-one with Andre Robertson, and we'll even hear a little bit more from Sam Presti. We didn't have an opportunity to get into the tampering talk. We'll talk about that and what's ahead for the Thunder this this next week as they start preseason games. We close things out today with my one-on-one with Nerlens Noel, and I started off asking Nerlens Noel about his contract situation and the decision to agree to sign with Oklahoma City and then not sign with Oklahoma City, and then we just went from there. So here it is on the Locked on Thunder podcast, Nerlens Noel, my one-on-one. You know, just simply just figuring out figuring out the situation. Um, you know, it's pretty simple. You know, I just wanted to make sure I was making the best decision for myself, and that's really all it was. And felt like I was, you know, I like what I've done here and I want to continue to build on that and, you know, move in the right direction. What's it been like playing with Steven these la- this last year and what's it going to be like playing this year? It's going to be great last year and great again this year. You know, that's, you know, we've known each other since high school, you know, competing. So, you know, we're just so, we're pretty we're close. You know, we're just the same type of people, you know, um, just real genuine people and just want to go out there and play, have a good time. and. Um, so, you know, I look forward to playing with Steven again and, you know, uh, having a great year. What aspects of his game 
have you brought to yours and, and maybe vice versa? You know, we're, you know, we're completely, you know, different type of players, but, you know, we can't pick pieces off. We've actually been working together on the three um, since, he's, since he's been back. Um, just getting them shots up, trying to expand the game. You know, Coach sees, so he sees when not bricking them. So we're shooting them pretty well, and I think, you know, we'll get some opportunities this year. How important is that for you to, for you to add that aspect to your game, being able to go out beyond the arc and, and stretch defenders and just have that in your arsenal? You know, I, you know, I don't think it's the you know, most needed thing in the world for my game, but I think it will definitely take my game to a new level if I'm able to, you know, knock down that. Um, three-pointer at a respectable rate. Um, so, you know, that's why I've been putting – I've been, you know, shooting it for the past couple of years. But, you know, I think this is my best summer um, shooting it wise and, you know, with consistency. So, I think, you know, if we get the right opportunities this year, then, you know, I'll be able to get to put them up and try to build on that. As far as all the changes have gone this year, what has it been like this, this summer for you, one, getting to know new guys, but two, also with PG and, and Russ no longer being a part of this team and even Jeremy Grant? It's definitely been a transition. Um, you know, you grow close to those guys and you know, get, get used to, you know, them being your leaders and Russ and PG and especially Jeremy um, as, you know, just a close friend of mine from Philly days even. So, you know, it's definitely tough, but you understand the NBA is a business, so you just got to keep it going day by day and, um, you know, try to find the silver lining and everything. Guys always say that it's a business, but with as close as you get to guys, how tough is it to just not have them there every day or when they walk into a building, you walk into a building and they're going to different locker rooms? How, how difficult is that kind of to deal with? You know, it's difficult, but, you know, in this league, you gotta you got to build that numbness, you know, really no feelings involved uh, you know you can grow close with a guy but you don't understand it's out of your control of where you play at sometimes and you know, where you're going so you know you just got to accept it for what it is and you know always maintain that friendship outside of basketball with them guys and you know life goes on take us inside what it's like I mean you get, you're bringing Shea in um, another Kentucky guy and it seems like you guys have a there's there's a there's a bond there that I think is different than a lot of other guys from a lot of other schools. What specifically is it about Kentucky where you guys can relate to each other, where maybe other other guys from other schools don't have as close a bond? Yeah, you got that right for sure. Um, you know, just without even knowing some of these guys before I even met them, you know exactly what you said. You know, you feel a bond with them. And, you know, it's the fact that they've gone through. That man is the fact that they've gone through everything you know you've gone through, and they know Coach Cal is not someone to play with. <laughs> the best way to put it, uh, you know, he's just real hard on his guys, and if you if you make it through that, and you know he prepares you like the way he needs to, um, you know you'll be great, and you'll look at the next man and say, you know, that's a fraternity that you went through, and you know it only made us better and um, set us up for success in this league. For that entire interview, follow me on Twitter at ThunderMaven. That's at ThunderMaven. I will tweet that out, or you can go to basketballmaven.io slash thunder and get the entire interview with Nerlens Noel. But commenting on that last part, think about it like this. Guys are from Kentucky are like guys that played at the University of Miami in football. That's just a bond that that very few people can really understand. And a lot of it has to do with coming from the same background experiencing what those high expectations are and feeling like the entire world is against you in a lot of respects. Plus, 
I think the reason that they succeed on such a level is one, okay, they're all immensely talented, but two, John Calipari has NBA expectations for all his guys, and I think he pushes them harder than just about any coach in the NBA. And when you've gone through that, that's something that not a lot of other people can identify with. Patrick Patterson, another guy uh, that went through that Kentucky thing. And if look, if I'm if I'm an NBA GM, I want as many guys from Kentucky as possible. Not only are they really good, but also I think they understand what being a professional is more than anybody else that comes out of a college setting. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. We'll be back tomorrow. We will hear from Andre Robertson. We'll have my complete interview with him. We will also hear from Terrence Ferguson. And until then, may God bless you and your family. Everybody love everybody. Peace, love, and thunder up. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.